All right. Okay. Episode two. This is big for me. I never get to episode two. Um, first and foremost, I actually remember to drink, which is big. I'm going to crack it open right now. I uh, didn't even pick it up because of this stupid noise suppression thing. I caramba. Uh, anyway, I just cracked open a nice cold Dr. Pepper. Um, don't know why I didn't bring a warmer drink out here. It is really, really cold out. Um, there's about like eight-ish inches of snow on the ground, uh, and it's very much just kind of frozen in place. Um, there are icicles hanging off my house. I'm actually changed location. I went to a different building's porch. Thought it'd be kind of fun to change up the location. I got a better view of the, I don't know if it's a better view. It's a different view of the lake. Um, it's like half frozen. Um, it is pretty chilly though. It's a very, very chilly day. I think it's around 30 ish, if not less. Um, but I mean, it's chilly. I, I bundled up for this. Uh, and speaking of, uh, the weather and stuff, it, it's been, it's going to snow more apparently on Saturday. I'm actually also, the other big thing is normally I record these on Tuesday. Uh, so that I have plenty of time in case I uh, mess it up or whatever. Like, I just wanted to give myself more time. So I record on Tuesdays, and then I upload on Friday. Uh, today is Thursday. Uh, on Tuesday, I was busy. Uh, not that I really was busy. I had the day off because of the snow uh, that's now on the ground. But uh, on Tuesday, I didn't get to record it. So and then on Wednesday, I was busy. And now today, I'm like, well, I should probably do it today. Because I don't really want to do it tomorrow. Because uh, I do have to do things tomorrow. Um and I don't get off work until after it actually goes out. And like I get off like just before it goes out. So not going to work out. So I'm recording it today on Thursday. Um, and it's going to snow on Saturday, I believe, as well. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to pile up some more. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough weekend um, living in my cabin in the woods. My cabin is also down a hill. So if we don't plow it like soon and like if we don't like, like it is plowed right now. But like if we don't plow it soon enough, like I just get stuck. <laughs> like it's rough. Um, so with that said, though, um, with the weather, my hands are going to get chilly. I knew I should have brought gloves out. Oh, well. And the other thing for this one is I, uh, for this episode of uh, the podcast, episode two here, um, is I, so I was like, okay, I'll make another like page of notes or whatever, right? I'll make another page. Last time I got to about 15 minutes with just like a page. I could probably do that again. And uh, instead, what I accidentally did was I accidentally did... Um, I did uh, three three pages of notes for this episode because uh, I really want to talk about um, Gregor the Overlander, which is like a book series for children um, that I really like and I recently reread. Um, the first book I read over the summer, over this past summer, um, and what, why is Jimmy calling me? Jimmy, you get called out in this episode for calling me while I'm fucking podcasting. I'm not picking that up. I do these in one take. Um, what's it called? What was I saying? Oh, yeah. I reread the book one over the summer because uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to reread a book because that's funny. Uh, so I read a book and I was like, hmm, I read a book. Uh, and then I was like, well, since I read the first book of five, I kind of want to read the other five. So I looked around and I couldn't find them. So then I bought uh, or my mom bought for Christmas two and three for me. And then I bought four and five. So then uh, recently uh, we did a, uh, I work at a school. Have I said that before? I don't know. I'm a teacher. Um, but we had a, we had a, like a first chapter Friday type thing. 
um, where we read the first chapter of a book and kind of to introduce the kids to different books. And I chose Gregory the Overlander, so I was thinking about it a lot. And since we were reading in school and stuff, I brought book two, and then I, I banged it out in one day. Um, and so, you know, Friday, that was like this past Friday, right? Uh, book two gone. Uh, and then on Monday, I brought book three because I had so much fun reading. Uh, and then I, I banged out book three on Monday. Uh, and then on Tuesday, uh, I read most of book four. Or Monday, I didn't quite finish book three. I think I finished it like uh, Tuesday morning. And then I started book four on Tuesday. And then basically what happened was that on Friday, or on, well, not on Friday, what am I saying? Book two I read on Friday. Then on Monday, I read most of book three. Finished it Tuesday morning. Tuesday, I read most of book four. Uh, and then uh, I finished it book four on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, I banged out all of book five. It was crazy. Um, I'm not going to talk about them all. It's really, that's like my entire plan for this. It's, it's, I, it's all I have. I just have notes on notes on notes of just this book series because it's been rattling around in my head for the past, you know, like two weeks. Uh, and I got to tell somebody about it because they're really good. Um, the kind of this kind of mega spoilers um for the books but also uh i'm i, I think i'm not really gonna get too sidetracked to do too much damage here um but you should read them they're kind of bangers uh gregor the overlander the underlander chronicles they they go crazy um they're by suzanne collins uh same author as uh you know the person who wrote the hunger games critically acclaimed etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, not that I've read them. I read the parody of the Hunger Games, uh, like the Starving Games or whatever, like the book parody. Um, and I was like, hmm, that's funny. Uh, and then otherwise, besides cultural osmosis, I've got nothing. So I, these are my point of reference for her work, and they're, it's fantastic. And I'm really pissed that there's no uh, animated show to go with this or something. I will talk about that later, though. That's at the end. Okay. We're going to start. We're going to start with book one. Okay. Gregor the Overlander. A classic, right? Um, when I before I reread uh, the books, uh, most of what I remembered takes place in book one. Like most of what I remember from the series took place in book one, and then I remembered how the series ended, but that was about it. Like I knew I was like, okay, so I got it. Like this is this is what I remember. Um, and honestly, banger single story. Uh, it follows you know Gregor, our tit our our titular hero. Uh, and his younger sister, Boots, Boots being two, Gregor being 11, their ages. Um, I'll, I'll talk about it later, but Gregor being 11 makes no fucking sense in this, these books. Like, I get it. He's supposed to be a young kid, but like, Jesus Christ, just make him like 13 or 14. And being 11 is insane. Uh, but point being, Gregor being 11 and then his younger sister, Boots, they fall down a hole in the their apartment building's uh dry laundry room right there it's a relatively poor family it's actually a major plot point in the series that they're like kind of uh on the poorer side but uh they fall in the hole uh and then uh they fall down and they're in this new place and it's dark and they're like what in the world's going on down here and they run into these giant cockroaches that are kind of big and uh they're like hey would you like us to lead you to the humans and Gregor's like, thank God, there's people down here besides these giant fucking cockroaches. So they follow, he follows them along. They get to the uh, human city of Regalia. There's like a something going on, uh, and it kind of kicks off like the the adventure, right? The adventure. He gets there. They're like, hey, you're the Overlander from above, searching for your dad. Your dad did come through here. Um, hoorah! That's just like in this prophecy. Let's go fulfill the prophecy. Um, and 
So like, you know, they gather all the people and they're like, okay, well let's gather all the people and then we'll go on this, this hoorah adventure. Um, so they gather up uh, a couple people from each of the species that are down there. There's um, they g- gather up some gnars, gnars, which are the uh, the rats. Um, they grab some what is it? The spinners, the spiders. They grab a couple cockroaches. They got two of them. They have two humans, uh, uh, two overland or what is it? Two overlanders, two underlanders, like two from above, two from below. Like they gather the whole crew. They go on this adventure, right? They go uh, to whatever the place is um and the whole thing is going to like save the world right save the underland the underland is going to be saved wahoo and gregor is named the warrior and uh boots is named the princess uh by the cockroaches they all love her a lot um for some unknown reason uh and they're like oh she'd be the princess um and then there's also another princess though who joined us on this journey uh luxa luxa i have no idea i don't know it's all i, I just read um but luxa luxa i'm gonna say luxa i think luxa is the princess of regalia she's also 11 hints for later put two and two together um but she's the princess and her parents are dead and regalia is currently ruled by a group of kind of elders a council of elders until she becomes of age at 16 um to kind of take over the city and stuff so um vicus being his, uh, her grandfather and Solven uh being her grandmother they're like kind of two people that are like vaguely in charge and then there's another council and stuff so um her going on adventures and stuff is typically forbidden but she ends up going on them all anyway because like fun um but they go on this adventure uh oh flyers is the other thing that go on the adventure um flyers being the bats it's very fun they get to fly bats all the time it's sick as fuck um but they go on this you know they go on this adventure and a lot of stuff happens a lot of it isn't terribly important but um of the two underlanders that go uh they are uh, Luxa and then Henry. Henry being uh, Luxa's cousin, uh, and they make a lot of jokes, and they're very like familiarly close, um, and like they're obviously like have spent a lot of time together and have fun, and they trust each other a lot. Um, and uh, in terms of the, the big, the big thing to take away from all this uh, really is like there's a lot of stuff that happens in this. You know, they go on the prophecy, and then they fulfill the prophecy, and they go back home. Like it's pretty standard fare, but. In terms of what I've been consuming a lot of recently, which is a lot of anime and manga, because I'm stupid, um, is there's the ever-pervasive term of isekai, and isekai being when you go to another world and then something happens, right? And a lot of modern isekai have really driven the reincarnation trope to death, where someone dies, ends up in a new world with some sort of skill, uh, and then the knowledge of their past life, and they're able to kind of like cheat their way to victory the whole time. And that's really boring. And rereading Gregor the Overlander made me realize how much I missed not having the reincarnation trope and having the looming possibility and likelihood of having to return home. Because, like, Gregor falls down, and, like, the first thing he does is he tries to escape because he's like, oh, I got to get back home. Like, I have to. Like, I have to get back home before my mom gets worried that I'm gone. Like, this is bad. I have to get home. And then even when he finishes the adventure and he's, you know, made all these new friends and all this stuff has happened, he goes home. He goes home at the end and him going home, he realizes he's like, there's a life for me down here that I could choose, but I'm going to go home because like, that's where I'm needed. Cause like he finds his dad on the adventure and he gets back and then he and his dad now, you know, pretty, you know, uh, sick, 
um, from being uh, used captured by the rats and they kept him for a while. It's a it's rough uh, out here, but he goes back with his dad and him and Boots and he gets back home to his mom and his young, other younger sister, Lizzie, and like they get back and like that's a big moment for like the, the like the end of the book is very joyous but it makes it clear that like it, it makes it clear that gregor could have stayed and it also makes it clear with a, a tongue-in-cheek kind of way where it's like where he's like oh well bye forever and then luxa's like well what about the prophecy of bane and then he's like what and then vicus is like well see you later and he's like well uh, what, what do you mean uh, so like it's very clear that he's going to come back, but like the the tug in, the 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 tug and what is it tug and pull pull and tug I don't know like the the tug of war between the Overland version of Gregor and the Underland version of Gregor is very apparent from the start of the series, and it only grows to be a more like difficult choice of where he belongs, and it's so good, and I'm I'm it's such a refreshing like take. Not even a take. It's just like it's just refreshing to see a story do it, rather than going the route of like, oh well, fuck it. He died. Now he's stuck there, and you know he figured out some cheat skill, and now he's gonna fuck a bunch of women or whatever. I should stop swearing. This episode's gonna be stupid. Um, that is some good drink. Um, but the end of the book is also really good because, um, it very much, uh, it starts it. it it very cleverly starts out Luxa as kind of unlikable uh, as the uh, what will become the, you know, the female love interest of our story. But it starts out very unlikable, but due to not necessarily her own moral compass being wrong, but being closely associated with someone whose moral compass is wrong and her having to grow a lot before Gregor and Luxa even realize they have opinion, like have opinions of each other that are good um, until like book four essentially it gets crazy uh how long it takes for them to like realize that they care for each other and it makes sense because they like barely see each other like they see each other one like on a fucking prophecy once every goddamn six months um it's crazy um but like and but like starting her out so unlikable and then turning her into someone so much more likable later is very clever very lovely drip feed me that content dude um but the end of book one this is what I mean by like I'm gonna get too sidetracked to like be able to fucking meaningfully do any damage to the spoilers. Like it's just like I'm gonna give like the main plot points, but like everything else is also really good. Like it's just so good. Um, it's really pretty too. I just realized how pretty it was here. I'm like I'm just looking at all the snow and the lake, and it's it's really nice. I'm very glad that I live here all of a sudden. Um, but anyway, the end of book one. Uh, is essentially Henry um, was defecting to the Rat King, and the Rat King—it's all a trap. And the Rat King is going to take, try to, you know, do a surprise attack on Regalia and you know kill everybody or whatever. Um, and Henry uh, is like, "Haha, I've got you in my grasp." And Gregor is like, "Dude, what the heck are you doing? This is stupid. I hate you, Henry." Uh, anyway, I'm going to follow what the prophecy says. Because uh, it says something, 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 look before you leap, uh, something, something, whatever. So he runs and jumps off of a cliff, essentially. And all the rats follow, and they don't jump off the cliff, but the cliff is very unstable. So the whole thing breaks and crumbles, and like he barely even jumps. Like The whole thing just collapses. And all these rats, including the Rat King and him and Henry, are falling to their deaths, right? 
And Gregor's like fine with this. He's like, whatever. I, I, I interpreted the prophecy the last moment. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to save the day. And then Boots and my dad can go back home. And like my loss, oh well. And he jumps, right? And Henry's betrayal is, you know, obviously heartbreaking to Luxa. And it does a lot of emotional damage to uh, a lot of people uh, in the Underland. But um, his betrayal uh, is followed by the betrayal of Ares, essentially, uh, Ares being Henry's bond. Uh, flyers or bats and humans, uh, underlanders, will make bonds, right? And then they'll like save each other. Like they, they are bonds for life. It's like marriage, but for homies uh, and interspecies. It, it's dope as fuck is what it is. So Henry and Ares, uh, this giant black bat, are like bonds, right? And when Henry is falling and Gregor is falling, Ares chooses to let his bond die. You know, let Henry splatter on the rocks to save Gregor. And Henry's betrayal is so overshadowed by when um, someone else is calling me. Why did why are people calling me today? I'll have to call a lot of people back after this. Um, but um, what's it called? Uh, the Henry's Henry's betrayal is so overshadowed by Ares's saving of Gregor and him very desperately telling gregor in like a hushed voice as they you know fly off from this cavern he just keeps he just repeats just i did not know just like like it's that part is so much more burned into my brain than henry's betrayal like i forget that part to be honest like i just know it happened because Ares saves gregor instead of henry like that's like the the desperation of of Ares is i did not know and then leading to before Gregor goes home, he bonds with Ares to save Ares from eternal fucking death or whatever because he let his bond die, even though the, his bond was psycho and nuts. Um, like, it's just a very, it's it's a very based moment. Um, book two. Um, I really like the addition of characters here. That we uh, Book two adds characters and deepens characters book one is a lot of like introduction to the underland blah 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 bullshit and it's like i get it it has to happen it's exposition but because of that it's kind of one of the weaker books because it's just kind of like a lot of other stuff going on you don't get to focus on the characters book two is very much a character book and it adds some characters uh that return and like it very much adds to it uh and we get uh a lot of you know uh what is it book two adds uh I wrote down Howard and Twitch tip, but I'm pretty sure Merith also comes up in this book. Merith is based as fuck. Um, Howard is another one of um, uh, what's his what's Lux's uh, cousins, but on his uh, on her mom's side instead. Um, do, 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 do. Um, and he his family his siblings are very like aloof and obnoxious, and he very much tries to distance himself from that. Twitch tip another rat. Um, so in the first book, Rip Red is Rip Red is the big rat that like is the coolest, and he remains to be kind of the coolest, which is on purpose. But he's very much based uh, and very much like the angry uncle of the group. He's just very like he has so much knowledge, and he hates everybody for not being smart. Uh, but he's also like a really good fighter, and um, will you know he he does what he has to do to make the thing happen. But he will never betray his own morals. Like he's very reliable if you know what to expect from him like he's a very good character in that sense um but he brings along twitch tip for this new adventure book two right we're doing now what we're doing is um uh gregor and the prophecy of bane i didn't write these down the titles i could get them wrong 
But Gregor and the Prophecy of Ain, base as fuck. Um, so Howard is introduced. Twitch Tip is introduced. Twitch Tip can smell colors. Like she's got such a good scent on her. She can just smell a sniffer. She's got, she can just sniff anything. Like her scent is insane. She's called a scent seer. It's awesome. Uh, and she's really fun. Um, and they go on this, uh, they have to go by boat across the giant ocean because the bats won't make it to this labyrinth to find, um, the Bane, which will, is a white rat, which will eclipse the size of normal rats in the underland, which is like six feet tall. Um, and he's going to, you know, take over the world or whatever. Right. And that's the, what the Bane is. And they, so they have to go and find the Bane in this labyrinth of caves across the waterway and kill him. Right. That's the goal. So they go on this adventure and during the adventure, um, there is a, a growing bond between Gregor and Ares, which is really nice because, um, Ares is kind of outcasted by a lot of the underlanders and the flyers because they, like he, he let his bond die. Like that's even though he, they say he saved the underland, uh, un, like the overlander, like he saved the warrior, he saved Gregor. Like that's super cool. But like you still let your bond die. That's kind of fucked up. And so like a lot of people just don't talk to him. And it's like it's very sad. Um, and Gregor, you know, gets angry at him every now and like gets angry at him for wanting him to stay. And like it's 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 very much a tense beginning. And the, their bond grows greatly over the course of this book. And it's awesome. Um. Uh, Luxa, 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 and Gregor also bond a little bit in this one. Luxa joins the journey late, uh, at the perfect time, uh, so that her bat cannot fly her back. Like she lands on the boat and she's like, "Oops, I'm stuck now." Uh, based, uh, and so she's there, and uh, and so like they they bond a bit. Um, what's it called? Uh, Rip Red actually doesn't go on this adventure, so like Twitch Tip takes over as the the rat that's fun and she is very fun um da, 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 da. and with that it starts the um the kind of repeated uh thing where gregor will essentially because he's met a nice version of most of the species in the underland he just immediately assumes he's like he's like if they're on our team they're friends like i don't care like i'm, I'm not gonna like treat them weird because they're another species because we have histories of you know wrongdoings or whatever i'm just gonna treat them as a friend like i don't care uh and that's most show because like that's mostly shown with like uh book one with the um the cockroaches everyone thinks they're stupid but um they're very like they are they are stupid yes but like they they they're not they don't you know they don't miss when you're making fun of them like they still notice and like they will very much throw themselves in the face of danger if it means that they think that they can save someone like like they're still very much people and they just, you know, they just don't talk right. And, like, they, they aren't the, uh, as intelligent as others. But, like, they're still very much, uh, like, intelligent creatures. It's very uh, sweet that uh, there's so much time put into building up the cockroaches. And then with Gregory, like, um, he's very much, like, immediately friendly with Twitch Tip. Not really. He, like, he starts off kind of being mean. But, like, he very quickly comes over that. And he's like, oh, I'm just being stupid. And he is very friendly uh, towards her. And uh, the most obvious scene of that is when uh they accidentally you know get towards a, a whirlpool and um basically they save one of the boats but not the other and twitch tip is the only one that hasn't been saved and they're just gonna let her die and then gregor's just like mm, fuck it i'll put on a life jacket and jump sue me bro save me you need me and he just goes for it and he saves her and it's very based um and uh after that uh like twitch tip and, and gregor just get along and it's very nice um do, 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 do. um the growing yeah and that's part of like the growing bond of gregor for the allied rats and uh it, it grows in book three as well curse of the warm bloods 
Um, but uh, also the in this book, the willingness to just nuke characters is crazy uh, because like one of the first things that happens on this journey, it's a very boring journey uh, for like bits and pieces of it. I'm going to burp. Oh, I hope that, oh, that did pick up. That sounds really unfortunate. Um, but the um, willingness to just nuke characters, like, so Howard is on this adventure, right? Howard's on this adventure. He's a cousin of, of Luxa. He's, you know, trying his best to be his own person and be um, like, like just like do his thing. Um, and Marith is here too. Marith is based. Um, I remember now that Marith is here because uh, of what happens next. But essentially, they find this island with um, these mites on it, and they're passing it, and they're like, "Oh, very cool. That's a new island. That's not supposed to be here. Anyone want to go check it out?" And Pandora, uh, Howard's bat, is like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go check it out." And she's flying around doing her thing, uh, and she's like, "Yep, it's safe." And then Ares goes is a, and is about to join her when suddenly all the mites just eat her alive immediately, just like. Phew, 10 sec like not even 10 seconds like strip her to the bone like her like skeleton falls from the sky it's very based uh very cartoonish in a way but like very based right just nuked the character gone and howard and like the immediacy of the danger there is just like it's just it's like it's that character's dead you guys are too close Ares is getting chased by mites um and then he dives in the water to get uh, away from them but all right so he is you know immediately unsafe the entire team of boats that is approaching the island to have to pass it is now unsafe like the immediacy of the danger is crazy uh it happens a couple times like there's um gregor's on watch at one point and he falls asleep and then a giant squid attacks and it's like oh geez um and then like when they get to the labyrinth uh they the rats there wake up these giant serpents and it's like immediately the danger goes from like zero to 100 real quick um and that immediacy of danger is very fun um it's just it's just so fun um and in that uh final attack at the at the labyrinth right uh, where the rats uh, ambush them uh they uh like they get like gregor gets separated from both luxa and boots essentially the two most important people that he cared about on that journey like Obviously, he cares about everyone on the journey, but like those two were the most important to him. Not that he really knew how important uh, Luxa was to him yet, but uh, and with the loss of Boots, um, Gregor, you know, with there with another prophecy, and Gregor is like, oh, like Boots is gone. Like there goes anything I care about anymore. I'm gonna kill the bane. Like I'm like he steals his heart. He's like, okay, I have no more qualms. Nothing tying me left to this world. My two year old sister is dead. I'm gonna go fuck some shit up. And so he, uh, he basically takes what's left of his left of his party. He goes, okay, you are the only one that's able to take care of uh, hurt people, uh, and there are multiple hurt people take everyone back me aries my bond and twitch tip who uh knows the layout of the labyrinth we're gonna go in and go find the bane and we're gonna we're gonna go kill him. and howard is like oh no not howard i think it, no no it is howard because marith is beat up um howard is like no and then gregor's like yes i'll fight you i think he's like she it not exactly how it goes but basically is how it goes and he sends them back and then it's just him and aries and twitched it and twitched it very quickly runs out of steam she's hurt bad so he leaves her in a tunnel uh to go find the bane because he knows where the bane is and 
when they find the bane right and once again gregor thinks basically his life has ended right he's like he's like i can't go home to my mom without boots that's that's fucked up like my my like my life without boots is over um like it's everything's done and so he you know he goes into the place he finds two rats that fight to the death and then he you know he's like oh the bane is down this path like i know it is i can hear it and then he goes in to kill it and it's a baby bangle twist tvh uh and it's a baby and so he saves it and brings it he's like oh wait a second aries do you know where we are and they're like oh yeah we're near the deadlands and he's like this is kind of like where greg and where rip red said his base was and then aries is like yeah and he's like let's go to their base so he goes over to Ripper's base and Ripper has like you know 12 rats with him or whatever and Ripper's like what the fuck are you doing here i thought you're supposed to be killing a bane and uh gregor's like yep anyway i've interpreted the prophecy the way that i want to i'm giving you the bane killing it would would break my heart uh and so i can't kill it so it's your problem now you raise it to be good and Ripper's like ballsy ballsy as heck how are you gonna get out of this one so then he goes to um he goes back to regalia and he gets immediately locked up for not killing the bane for treason uh and then uh the cockroaches uh some cockroaches show up with boots based as heck temp uh, or luxa found twitch tip who then both of them uh fought off an army of rats to then let temp the cockroach uh save boots they made it pretty far but then temp uh kind of sort of uh died for a bit and he had two other cockroaches take her all the way to regalia so she's saved awesome sweet um they still managed to interpret the prophecy uh correctly or as correctly as they can uh given the circumstances and they're like oh yeah this still works out uh and i forget how they get home what happens i honestly don't remember who cares point being is um the baby bane um is you know set up for now a future villain essentially and uh that's really cool and then also when he gets home with um boots uh he's like i am so sorry mom um and he goes over to mrs cormassi's mr cormassi is a character introduced in book one but then expanded on book two in the beginning where he goes over on saturdays basically to help her out and then she gives him money and he's like perfect awesome my family's poor i need money uh and miss cormassi is also like a tarot card reader she's like a kind of like a crazy old lady and i love her for it but she keeps asking him about like where he's been and he keeps being like oh i had the flu and she's like your story sucks ass you've been you keep disappearing for weeks at a time um and uh, at the end of book two i believe it's book two it could be honestly the end of book three but i I think it's the end of book two i didn't check um miss cormassi is like i got you these shoes by the way uh, i found them in the closet they used to be my son's uh like 20 years ago and he's like I only have weird Underlander shoes on. And he thinks about it. And he's like, Miss Cormassi, can you keep a cheese? Can you can you can you keep a secret? It's based. Based as heck. And then Mrs. Cormassi becomes the guardian angel of the uh, the uh the group, and it's awesome. Um and it's so awesome. I love Mrs. Cormassi. She's like kind of crazy and she doesn't show up enough, but oh my gosh, she's awesome. Um but book two, I don't know, book two is really fun because the law also like Luxa doesn't get found until like way later uh like luxa is lost like considered dead book two it's crazy how insane that is um but and when gregor leaves when he's given the chance to leave and he's like i'm gonna take this before they trap me here forever because we killed the bane or whatever or we didn't kill the bane and like 
he's out of there um but he's like hey vicus if word of your granddaughter luxa um any news please for the love of god tell me um and he gets no news for a while right book three starts he's like he's down bad he wants to get back to regalia and just learn, like tell me anything tell me the news bro and book three honestly i want to say book three is the weakest i want to say book three is the weakest but i don't know if it is I, I i truly i think book one and three are equal in terms of how weak they are but they're also really good books by their own right like and also book three helps set up a lot of what happens in book four and five like it's hard to say what's the weakest book but i think it's book three because i took a long drag for my soda um the thing with book three is that the prophecy right he gets called back he's like you know he he's finally gets a, a prophecy and it's basically a cry for help it's like hey come down and like we're fucked um and so he goes he goes down with boots and his mom because mom's like i'm not letting you fucking go by yourself you dumbass you keep getting sucked down on these adventures we're going down for one meeting and then we're out of here and so he goes down um and they're like hey it's the curse of the warm bloods and we need to go find a cure and so there's a big prophecy and they're like okay is the big prophecy okay I, we were figuring it out okay we have to go on this big adventure to go find this field of starshade in this you know evil jungle cool the problem is is that the big twist of this one is that they interpreted the prophecy wrong and actually the uh plague that is you know the plague that's coming is entirely man-made essentially it's entirely man-made and they already have the cure and it was just it was all part of just like a bioweapon essentially it's basically a bioweapon that accidentally got out and they've been trying to cover up that it was actually a bioweapon and uh solvent was the head of that and the scientist that she had working on it just it, it, like bad like bad circumstances happened and it got out wrong and well you know technically like, yeah i got it wrong and it wasn't supposed to happen like you made a bioweapon that's crazy and like the start of um this like like from the start of the story it's very clear that like the humans are are in the wrong a lot of the time like they're very rarely the good guys um and i think it's book four actually that um they reveal it but like the killers is like so all, all of the underland creatures have their own little funny names where it's like the ganars and the i know it's nars i'm just like saying ganar like it's the nars and it's the nibblers and which are the mice and then there's like the crawlers which are the cockroaches but then like for the humans it's just like they have like the other underlander underland creatures are just like yeah they're the killers because they came in and just committed homicide uh, and it's like oh oh that's crazy well not homicide i guess i guess it was just murder um but like that it's crazy um like and it very much starts out with them being like that's i feel like the humans aren't always right like because like they go to this meeting and they all have to get um shaked down in like this yellow powder and they're like oh why is this yellow powder and they're like oh because uh, it gets rid of the, it kills it gets rid of the fleas and the fleas carry the disease and the rats are like you fucking have a power that gets rid of the fleas we've been we've been just dying out there and you just have this powder laying around and they're like yeah oops and then like they get bullied into oblivion until they give the powder away it's like ridiculous how like mean the the humans are but um essentially right there's three victims of 
the plague so far, right? Three, like, in regalia. There's a lot of victims of the warm blood plague otherwise, but of uh, in regalia, there's only three. And those three are um, Howard, Nike, uh, a bat, and, um, and Ares. And Ares has the worst of it. Ares is, like, can barely breathe, can't move, like, truly, like, losing skin, not losing skin, losing fur, has these giant purple bumps. Like, it's bad, bad. Um, and um, they're in the meeting, right? They're talking about the meeting. And, of course, right, in the middle of this meeting, of all the creatures that are supposed to, you know, have this meeting because of the prophecy, um, they're there. And then this bat, with very clearly with the disease, comes down, and it comes into the city, and then it plummets right in the middle of this meeting, and it, it like, cracks neck on impact, just fucking immediately dead, hits the ground. And because stupidly some people torch it right because they're like oh dead body with the plague got to torch it um they torch it and then all the fleas come off of it so they all evacuate they douse themselves in powder and they're like okay i think we're good and then turns out gregor's mom now has the plague oopsie daisy so now his mom's stuck until they can treat the plague which essentially means that gregor has to go on this stupid journey to go find the starshade except they already have the cure and they're just being assholes about it so Gregor and his group of merry friends have to go find the jungle and do this insane task that's ultimately meaningless, right? Which is so, so aggravating the second time you read it. Because you're like, I know the twist. I know who's the bad guys. It's the humans. Problem with that is the journey itself is kind of cool. And the people that we meet along the way and the different viewpoints and stuff, like the themes are really good. Because the whole theme of book three is essentially, first off, the humans aren't always right. They're not always in the right. And the other part is that fighting the wars is largely unproductive, which is true. Like fighting war, like it is generally unproductive. Um, and so what do I have here? Um, blah, 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 blah. Like the super, like, like so the like the main characters that get introduced right so the the journey is going to be uh it's going to be i'm moving my lap around a little bit Ugh. um but the journey is going to be gregor and rip red right and then two other rats and then um i think it's lap lap blood and man mange um i don't remember and then uh those two rats and then there's going to be gregor and then there's going to be uh Boots and Temp, and I think that's and then Solvent, Solvent being the grandma who is is revealed to be like the leader of the the secret uh, council group that's into making bioweapons. Uh, Solvent, and then a couple like um, a couple of bats or whatever, right? I think it's Nike. I think Howard's there. Maybe yeah, no, it's definitely Howard. Howard's there. Howard's base is hell. He's like the medic of the group. He's awesome. Um, he just has more experience and stuff because he's older because he's like a real person. Um, and like Nike is there again. Did I say boots? Anyway, so like it's going to be that group. And they show up and Nerissa, who is... Um, I forgot to explain Nerissa. Nerissa is Luxa's older cousin, but on the wrong side. So she can't inherit the throne unless Luxa dies. So Luxa is currently... Luxa being MIA assumed dead. Nerissa is now queen. Um, and so... Nerissa's like, oh, by the way, you're gonna go on this adventure. You're gonna, uh, but you get to start, go to this place, 
um, that's really dangerous at the start of the jungle, and I've arranged a guide. And they're like, what? Because Nerissa sees, like, visions and stuff, um, and, like, everyone kind of thinks she's crazy, and she's very frail, so, like, she fits the part. And it's like, they're like, okay, we're going to go, and then we're going to wait for a bit, and if no one shows up, that's fine. So uh, they show up, and then uh, basically they accidentally get into this, like, little, little uh, what is it? Boots throws a ball, and then a lizard eats it, and the uh, lizard is like, and, like, frills its, like, things up. Uh, and then Boots is like, bitch. And then, like, uses her hands and is like, blah, blah, blah. and then uh, this guy, Hamnet, hops off of the lizard's back. And he's like, that's hilarious. You're hilarious. Uh, Frill, the lizard, give me give me the balls. Let me give it back to Boots. That's hilarious. And Hamnet's like, hey, uh, how are you guys doing? And Hamnet is the son of or one of the the like the children one of the, the the son of Vicus and uh Solvent and the other son being the one or son being the one that ruled uh was uh Lux's parent so like he's her uncle um and Hamnet's like hey what you all up to and they're like uh and Vicus is like you're alive what and you live in the jungle what <laughs> Are you for real? I thought you were dead. You're my son. Please come home. And Vickers is like the sweetest old man of all time. Um, and he just wants everything to be a peaceful thing all the time. And he's just like, oh my God, you're welcome home anytime. Please come home. Um, and uh, before he does any of that, Hamnet's like, oh, by the way, if Solvent's even here, I'm leaving. Like, get her the fuck out of my sight. Oh, I really hope someone doesn't drive down the hill. That'd be really awkward. I can hear cars in the distance. Anyway, um, but Solvent leaves uh, and he's like, dude, dude, that's crazy. Um, I might have to pause this. I'm like truly losing it. It's fine. I think someone parked up the hill. I hope they don't hear me. That'd be really awkward. I'd feel really awkward about that. Oh, well, um, but essentially, right, it's um, the introduction of Hamnet is really cool because he is essentially this guy that um he's like he he refuses to go back to regalia because he he tells vicus this before vicus leaves he goes I, I i do no more harm and i do no more harm is in reference to that when he was like when he was at regalia solvent you know being the leader of the army and like being like in charge and stuff like ordered him to do different raids and stuff and he did war and you know he was whatever but he it's hard for him to do things like that because he very much is like a peace guy so like he went to do a raid and he's like okay did the raid very cool but as a backup like he's starting to lose and he's like okay we got a backup i'm gonna hit this quick little i'm gonna hit this dike it's gonna open it's gonna flood a little bit of this plane and baba buoy with the tide will turn so he hits the dike and then all of the surrounding walls kind of also break oopsie daisy and not only are his enemies the rats um like now at a disadvantage but also catches some of the bats and some of the humans and it also goes into the caves and kills some of the rat pups which was not part of the plan and like he just basically does irreparable damage and he goes crazy um from like the madness like he tries to save everybody uh, as as many people as he can like he doesn't care who it is he just wants to save lives from his mistake and then 
Uh, he gets knocked out before he can like kill him, like hurt himself. Um, so and then he kind of goes mad, and then he goes into the jungle. And in the jungle, he meets an overlander and has a kid with her, and then she dies. Um, and then he's like, "Well, I have an over overlander underlander hybrid child." That was a fun noise. Something just fell over there. Um, but he uh, he's like, "Oh, uh, so now I have this kid, and I'm in the jungle, and I have this lizard." And this child, when I left, was like, hey, if you are in the company of a lizard and a uh, half-lander half child, you should go to this place at this time. And he's like, well, fuck it, might as well. So he goes there. And that's how, he, that's how he's, like, recruited for this mission, which is crazy. Um, and then his son, as I said, Hazard, uh, which is a hilarious name, um, is uh, his son. And he's also very much like Peace Man, but he's also a linguist, which is cool. Uh, he very much is, uh, he picks up on the different languages of the Underland very easily, and he's very cool. Uh, he's like eight. Um, so like he thought, he's like, he can talk hisser, and he can talk gnar, and he can talk um, a little bit of bat, but not very, because it's too high-pitched, and he learns crawler on the adventure. It's very fun. Um, da -da 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 -da. Uh, and the theme of the jungle, though, is that you touch nothing, you do nothing, don't even think about it. Like, it's very much a, like, the jungle is the jungle, don't fuck with it. And so, uh, you know, any time they try to use violence, it always backfires. And like, woohoo! Um, eventually, though, they do find uh, Luxa in the jungle with some nibblers, some mice, and she almost lets Gregor die a little bit in quicksand. Um, but uh, it's because she doesn't really trust anyone at that moment besides the mice. Uh, and eventually, though, Howard and Gregor convince her to like let them help her. Uh, and especially Aurora, her bond, her bat, and they pop a wing back into a socket. Like, they do the thing. Um, and Luxa joins us as the party, and uh, when they leave the Nibblers, uh, she gives them her crown. And it's like, hey, if you ever need any anything from me, take the, like present the crown to a guard, that you like a human scout, they will bring it back to me, I will do whatever I can to help. And so... That sets up a later plot point. And then when they finally find the starshade, eventually, um, they find it. And then the ants come, the cutters. The ants come, and they absolutely wreck shop and destroy all of it. And in that moment, they kind of lose their... their they, they're like, gosh darn it. We lost. All rats. And then speaking of rats, our good friend Rip Red is like, okay. Imagine we interpreted this stupid thing wrong. This stupid prophecy what if and then they you know they pop off a little bit and they're like holy crap it's it's already back there um and then so they go back and luxa just walks in and is like hey i'm not dead anyway you guys are all frauds uh and you created a bioweapon i hate you all and they're like for real and then uh naviv who is the head um doctor who is you know in charge of it all uh, and he was like i was just told to do it i'm sorry i didn't mean to it was an accident and then uh naviv gets thrown off a cliff while people are getting in, are in the hospital and it's like oh geez she was just murdered for that and solvent is like on trial or is gonna be on trial and it's like a whole thing and gregor goes oh he's like okay i'm out of here bye um but he can't take his mom because his mom isn't better yet um so he goes back home and he has to be like okay hi mrs Cromassi. we need help we don't got a mom for right now they got to take care of her because she got the plague um and then book four happens, right? So book four is essentially like it jumps forward a bit because um, uh, he basically it's like, hey, by the way, I kept, you know, visiting 
the underland i keep visiting and i keep being you know hanging out with people doing some training visiting my mom doing the thing um and the book four really starts you know it really starts where gregor is like uh hazard is like hey uh, you want to come to my birthday party? And he's like, hey, when's uh, cool, yeah, when's your birthday party? And he's like, tomorrow. Uh, and he's like, for real? And he's like, well, I don't know when my birthday is, so we decided it's tomorrow. And he's like, okay, very cool. So he goes to the birthday party, and he brings a Polaroid camera uh, from Mrs. Cormassi, which is based. And uh, he takes a couple pictures. You know, they have a good time. And it's like the end of chapter two. And is like very much burned in my memory now because uh, like I just read it. But... Uh, I think it's going to be there for a while because cha- I think it's chapter two. It might be chapter one, honestly, but chapter two kind of like ends with first off the second shoe drops, right? The, the, uh, an, an overlander scout or no, an underlander scout from a bat drops the crown that Luxa gave the nibblers and is like, Luxa, the, the nibbler told me, you know what this meant. And she was like, ah, it'll mean, it means that I don't know where to, where I put my crown. And she like laughs it off. And in that moment, as well, like right when it drops, right, he's like, like it's very, it's written as like two things happened. Number one, crown fell. Number two, Gregor realized Luxa was pretty, and it's like, oh, the romance plot's about to kick in. Book four of five. That's so fun. Uh, and by the, and this all happens at the end of a dance, like a, a whole dance happens, and Gregor's been off to the side the whole time when all the dancing happens. But for this one, they needed a partner, and Luxa was like, "Hazard said that you had to be my partner." It's very, they do that a lot. They, it's very much a, this person said that you have to do this thing with me. And that's like it's very very silly, um, but uh, it's it's very much like Hazard's party is the most peaceful time I think in any of the books. Like it's just truly like the most peaceful time. And they, they're taking pictures, and they're having fun, and they're finally happy. And then Gregor and Luxa are like, okay, we got the crown. We have to go figure out what the heck this means. We're going to go sneak out. So they sneak out, and uh, they find a dead you know, mouse. And so then they come back, and they're like, shoot. Um, and so then they're like, okay. Um, so then... Uh, they're like, okay, we got to go on, we got to, like, they come back and they do this thing and they, you know, do the whatever. And they use a secret patch to get out the first time. It's very fun. And then they're like, okay, we need an excuse to bring a lot of food on this adventure. We're going on a picnic. I got it. We're going on a picnic. Um, so they, you know, they're about to go on their picnic or whatever. Uh, and then Howard shows up and he's like, what you, what you doing? Why you got so much food? Um, and they're like, uh, we're going on a picnic. And he's like, well, that sounds great. I'll, I'd love to join. And Gregor's like, oh, we're going on a date. Uh, and then Howard's like, what's a date? And he's like, oh, when you want to go with like one specific person. And, it's, and he's like, you know, fingers together, like, uh, and it's very silly. And then Howard is like, hmm, probably not. He's like, in- interesting. Um, and uh, then Hazard shows up or something and boots and everyone, but my being is that everyone ends up on this adventure. Um, so Howard ends up on this adventure with Nike. Uh, the bat, who is like kind of like his new bond, Nike is being the being the princess of the uh, the bat world. Essentially, it's very cool uh, how many more like characters end up recurring. Um, and my hands are so like becoming numb. Um, like the lies that they make is very silly. Um, and like the lies that they make is just very silly. I was reading. I'm sorry for the pause. I was reading my my notes, but like the lies they make is very silly, and it kind of wraps up this whole group of them in this adventure. Being so, it's you know, 
Ares and and Gregor, and then Luxa and Aurora, and then Howard and Nike. Those being like the main group, and then there's also Hazard. Hazard been brought along because he's like, oh, you want a picnic without me? And Lux is like, no, I was gonna go get you. I promise. And then Boots is there, and Temp is there, and so like they've got this whole group. And then, oh, and then uh, Hazard is uh, brings Athena. Athena being the bet that he intends to bond with. So it's like this whole group of people now going on this picnic, which is actually not a picnic, but actually they're going on a, a hail mary mission to the font uh, where Howard lives uh, to the rat uh, to the Nibbler colony there to see if they have any answers. Um, and like it's like this whole thing. And and uh, then when they get there, they go through a tunnel, and then an avalanche happens, and then they get stuck on the other side. So they're on this big freaking long way home, and it's everything goes wrong, and uh, they find uh, Rip Red at the end of this or in like the middle of this rip red having gone missing uh be and also rip red be uh, giving gregor some uh what's it called uh, like echolocation lessons and then gregor and then um rip red goes missing and they're like oh well, maybe he just went to go kill the bane because the bane is now grown up and he's like kind of kind of a loose cannon he's big and he's strong and whatever but they find uh rip red in a hole with his teeth all locked up because they keep growing that's you know rat's teeth keep growing so then they break them and then um it's very fun and they you know they find him um and then they're on this adventure and the whole thing is they're trying to find where the nibblers went like they're like why are the mice gone like we can't even figure out what happened to them this book's called the marks of secret and each time they go to find the the nibblers they just keep finding this line uh straight down and then it's got a little curve on the end it's this, it's the scythe the marks of secret being this like old language of the underland that hazard knows because he lived in the jungle and that's like where it's used more uh i guess but uh, the marks of secret being just like marks and that symbol being the scythe means death right if you see this it means death so the nibblers obviously some of them know that they're being led to like they're being killed like they're going to be killed and um what they end up finding is this group of mice has been led has been led through this tunnel and they're like okay weird and they get to the bottom of the tunnel and then this giant pit they see a bunch of dead mice and they're like, holy crap, they just walked them off of this cliff and they killed them. And then they find one that's living and they pull it out and they treat it. And also when they're doing that, Luxa does this funny vow of revenge against the rats for killing all the mice. Um, and uh, what's it called? And all of the creatures around hear it and that kind of gets sent back to Regalia. So everyone, everyone in the Underland knows that she made this crazy vow. Um, and of basically war against the rats uh and i don't even know if they've found rip red at this point i think they find him when they come back up out uh of the of the, like the loop because they have to go really far down and then come back up um and then when they come back up right they find rip red and they're like hey rip red here's the lowdown and they're like okay and they keep going and then they find they're like okay I see a bunch of nibblers, but there's also a bunch of rats. We can't just surprise attack them. What do we do? And they're waiting and they're kind of thinking and they're like, ooh, what are we going to do? And then, because like all the, the the mice are in this hole, right? By this volcano. And they're like, okay, well, we probably have time of like, we will have a warning sign before it erupts. Like we can just go save them. And then the rats, once all of the mice are through, they just close this door, like this stone. They move this rock into place. And they're like, okay, weird. And they're about to go help when suddenly... There's a big air current going past like their cave or whatever. And oh, Jesus, one sec. I have an actual call. Okay, and I'm back. Okay. Um 
that was a fun call that I needed to take. What was I saying? I don't even know what I was saying. Oh yeah, so they're on the room, and then the rats close the door, and then what happens is is that essentially the volcano starts leaking gas, and it's like, oh gosh, they're getting gassed, and then you're like, oh god, this is just the Nazis again, and you realize that it's just the Nazis again because what's happening is the um, the Bane is like, hey, guess what? Guess who is the cause of all of our problems? It's the Nibblers, and the Nibblers are just like being scapegoated entirely for the issues of the rats, and it's crazy, and it's literally just the Nazis again, and then. They realize that the uh, song that they were singing in the Hazard Birthday Party, which is an old nursery rhyme for the Regalians, is actually a prophecy. And so they solve the prophecy, and they um, they solve the prophecy, and then they uh, try to leave, and then they get caught in some currents. And then because the currents have the evil gas in them, Thalia, being the youngest of the bats, breathes too much, and then she dies. But also the volcano erupts, and it kind of sends them all crazy. And Gregor almost dies, but he doesn't. And, um, like, a lot of people get hurt on this adventure. Like, way too many people get hurt on this adventure. And, it's like, it's, Howard makes the joke that they're a flying hospital, and it's true. Like, so many people get hurt on this adventure. Um, and Thalia dies, which is very sad, uh, because Thalia is just, like, so sweet. Um, and then, uh, basically, they're at a point, right? They're, you know, they're, at this point, they're like, wow, all of this bad stuff has happened. The volcano's erupted. We've solved the prophecy. Gregor, go, Gregor, you have to go back. And he's like, what do you mean I have to go back to Regalia? Like, I want to help you guys. I want to help you do the thing, right? We, I want to save the Nibblers. Like, I want to I want to be part of this. And Rip Red is like, no, you have to go back. You have to read the Prophecy of Time, and then you're useful because you do not have his sword. And they're like, he's like, what sword? And he's like, the warrior sword is very clearly Mr. Sandwich's, Mr. Sandwich being the guy who founded the Underland, brought a bunch of people down here in the 1600s his sword you need it you're the warrior go read the prophecy of time i'm not going to tell you what it's about i'm not going to be the one to break those this news to you so he brings all of the wounded essentially back to uh he brings all of the wounded back to regalia and then he goes gets the sword and then vicus is like you ready and gregor's like yep i'm ready and so Book five starts with a bang with Gregor on the floor reading the Prophecy of Time, which literally just says, and the warrior is dead or whatever. And uh, the prophecy calling for Gregor's death is cool. Like, you know that, like, the plot armor probably exists, that he's probably not going to die. But there's still enough, like, plausible deniability from the other people that have died or gotten pretty gravely wounded that you're like, they could kill him. Like, that'd be kind of base. Like, they could kill him. Um, but it calls for Gregor's death, but also the Bane's death. Like, they're both going to die in this uh, thing. Uh, and this one's called the Code of Claw the whole time. They're trying to decipher this uh, code that the um, the rats are using, which is, once again, very Nazi. It's literally just the Enigma code again, um, or the Enigma machine again. But they're, they're all trying to crack this code, right? And Book 5 has a lot of very slow moments in between all the battles, which I really appreciate. This is really, it's really fun. Um, and essentially like he gets back and they treat him and they're like oh okay anyway we're gonna put solvents like hey i'm out of jail and he's like why are you out of jail and they're like well it's war so i'm in charge of the army so i get to come out and my trial's been postponed and gregor's like i hate you a lot and then solvent gives him bodyguards and then he has to very quickly and the, the he very quickly just evades the bodyguards and sneaks out of secret passage and he goes back to the battle like he's immediately out there again uh, and he gets back to the battle uh, and uh, he gets there and he helps out with Ares and he's just, they're just like wrecking shop and they escape down this tunnel. They go through this tar field or oil slick and then they 
um, end up, you know, they cross this river and then Lux is there and he's like, oh my God, Luxa, you're still alive. And she's like, I'm barely alive. And she's like watching down the tunnel. And the second that her, their last person has come through, they fire flaming arrows into the oil slick and it lights up and it's sick. It's a very fun set piece. Uh, and then Luxa is like collapses and like coughs up blood. And they're like, and then Howard is like, you, or not Howard, someone else is like, oh my God, you dumb idiot please for the love of god go back home we have to get you help you've been in this the fumes for too long you're like you're literally your lungs are falling apart and so gregor is like i am aware that i just got here however me and aries are good because we've only been here for a little bit we will bring her back it's fine so they bring her back and it's very uh sweet and like the he props her up and it's very nice and then they get back and um Luxa gets, you know, put in the thing. And then Gregor's like, I'm good. Um, what do you need me to do? He's like, what? I need something. And he's like, I need something to do. I need something to do. And they're like, oh, you want to help wash these nibbler babies? Because we've got like a giant influx of nibblers that we got to take care of that have ash all over them. And they're like kind of sick. And he's like, I got it. I'll wash the babies. And he washes the babies. And then um, someone shows up and he's like, they're like, hey, you can go see Luxa in the hospital. And he's like, oh, for real? And he goes. And then uh, his bodyguards are back. And he's like, oh, hey, guys. And um, then they slam him into a wall once they're on, like, a back route. And then they throw him in the dungeon. And it's hilarious. And then while in the dungeon, um, he figures out um, cracking a, a, a – he cracks echolocation and figures it out, which is based multitasking. Um, but, uh, like, that happens. And then when he's out of it, eventually um, – he is you know brought to the war council or whatever and then because like you were back and then Sullivan's like who let him out of the dungeon because it's like the dungeon and it's really ridiculous um and oh my gosh i have so many notes um but uh the reason that they let him stay is because um in his pocket for a while now he's been carrying this picture from the um from the hazard's birthday party um of him and luxa dancing which is really sweet he just has it in his pocket and then um marith calls it out marith being oh my god Mar marith is a darling this entire time i love marith marith he's so cool but eventually he's like he's like you don't have to trap him in the dungeon the reason he went back to the battle it's, it's already good he's not gonna leave and solvent's like how do you know and he's like check his pocket and gregor's like you wouldn't and then uh yeah so then they're like yeah he's in love with luxa and he's like dude why would you say that stop it and it's really silly really sweet and then when he does eventually get to go see luxa again like the next time um he's like yeah they threw me in the dungeon but it's okay they're not gonna throw me in there again and she's like why and then he gets called away and he's like well this is why and he pulls out the, the picture and he puts it down and then as he leaves he sees her smile and it's very cute um uh it's it's very cute um the battles in this are crazy they're just really good the fights with the bane are really good i don't know it's just like a very good one um the diggers are the moles essentially of this world where they thought they were all gone like regalia the human city actually used to be the home of the moles but then sandwich just poisoned the water supply and killed them all and ran them off uh which makes the humans look even worse of course um uh lizzie uh gregor's other sister comes down from the um from above to you know give bad news he's like oh no dad's had relapses and grandma's in the hospital and mrs cormassi's doing her best but i can't do it dude because Lizzie is like really nervous and she's like 10 um, and she comes down and she's really good at codes though. So she is swapped for um, the princess that's going to crack the code because it's like says like the prince is going to crack the code. And so since uh, Boots is the princess to the cockroaches, that makes Lizzie a princess and then they're, they're cracking the code. And she eventually does. It's very good. Um, 
And then they're like, oh, okay, we're going to do the surprise attack because we have the code. We know they're, where they're basing. We're going to surprise attack them. It's going to be awesome. And Solvent's there, and Solvent's going to go to the spiders really quick to make sure that they're on their side. And Solvent leaves, and then Vicus and the, you know a whole group of them, they're all there. And then uh, one of them cracks a code, and they're like, oh, Solvent's going to get ambushed by the rats. They know that they're on their way. They're going to ambush them. And uh Gregor's like oh okay well we'll go save them and they're like, they're like we can't that'll prove that we've broken the code and then they're they're gonna know and then they're gonna switch locations but their whole, pl- whole plan falls apart so then solvent they get news shortly after that solvent has been killed which is really fun because i hate solvent but um solvent dying is kind of like the last straw for vicus because vicus is so sweet and he's just got had this run of horrible things happening to his family. And so he has a stroke. Um, literally, like, actually, he has a stroke and he has to get shipped out of there. Um, also in this book, Rip Red finally uh, starts showing, like, other sides to him rather than just being, like, a callous, older person. Um, and he he's just very, he's very nice to Lizzie because he reminds her of one of his uh, children that died in the battle that Hamnet... Uh, accidentally kill people in which is really really uh good because uh not good because it's bad but like rip red's uh partner and then both of his kids or like all of his kids died in that battle rip red wasn't there and when rip red is on the adventure in the jungle by the way hamnet dies did i ever mention that hamnet dies and hazard comes uh home to live it doesn't matter I've, i'm well past that point um but Hamnet and Rip Red do get along. Like they get along even though like all this has happened. It's because Rip Red knows the torment that Hamnet went through. Like he know he like he gets it. Um but Rip Red, you know, shows um a lot of love to Liz- Lizzie and it's very cute. Um blah blah blah. Um they do the whole battle thing. Um Gregor battles the Bane. Before he battles the Bane, uh Rip Red's like, hey, by the way, I think Sandwich's prophecies are full of just full of shit um and Gregor's like what what do you mean you always like make it work though and he's like yeah i have to make it work otherwise other people will come up with stupider reasons as to why the prophecy works and i have to convince everyone that they were wrong that it's actually the other way that's smarter and he's like oh that makes a lot of sense for you actually and he's like yeah i know anyway point being is it says you'll die but like just kill the bane you're smarter than it just, just kill it easy peasy you're you're goaded with the sauce and he's like okay okay and so when they do the whole battle thing um the second battle with the Bane is really good. The first battle is really good, but like the second one's really good. Um, and the second battle is really good, but Ares is killed very tragically. Uh, the Bane is killed, not so tragically. Killed. I hate that guy. Before he does the final battle, like he act, he rips off the person that's been feeding him all of the information that he's used to do his like Nazi uprising. Um, he just kills her. Like he bites off her head, and he's like, "Where'd she go?" It's like he's like truly unhinged. Um, and Gregor's like, oh, well, I'm dead. And then he gets saved by the fireflies, which are the most obnoxious of the creatures in the Underland. And it's very funny that they save him. Um, but they do. They, like, bring him back. And then, uh, like, they win the war. It's very funny. Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, when he gets back, uh, his hand is, like, casted up. And it's because he's got a death grip on one of Ares's claws. And then he has to physically like soak it and let go of Ares. And it's very sad and very touching. But there's a lot of scenes like that in this book that are slow and like meant as a pause to like let 
uh, Gregor or Laksa or both of them have like a little bit of time together because literally it's a war going on and like when they have the time to just be kids it's very heartbreaking because you know that they're just kids in this giant war and you also know that even if one of them serves but like even if they both survive which they likely won't because of this entire war going on that Gregor is going to go back home and his mother from like literally the start of book three has been hellbent on just moving the entire family just the the whole thing to what like to west virginia or virginia or whatever to a farm down there because she wants to get as far away from the uh underland as possible because her kids keep ending up on these adventures and so like he knows that if he survives and luxo survive like he's probably still not going to see her again and so it's very heartbreaking like their tragic romance it's really funny um like the best obviously the best scene of it is uh before they go out for like the big war luxa and gregor go down to the um the museum which is where all of the underlanders keep all the overlander stuff and they take pictures together like they're in a little like camera booth and it's very cute and then they kiss and it's very nice and then you remember that they're 12 and you're like this is weird um and what's it called um like at the end after they've won the battle everyone recovers very slowly and it, it makes a point it doesn't like reading through it it doesn't take a lot of time to read through it but like it makes the point of how long it takes for them to get better and i wish they expanded on a little bit but like i get why it's like the you know falling action or whatever um and uh in this right uh rip red is supposedly dead uh they think that they found his you know corpse or like his bones uh more mites uh and they uh they think that he's dead and they're about to do the formal treaty of uh or the formal um surrender of the rats and lux is doing this whole thing and gregor's there and he's like yep i'm cool um and stuff and uh he and out of a hole in the ground from the diggers from the from the whole thing rip red crawls his ass out fully like half dead and he's like I'm the representative of the rats and the other rats there are like, what? You're alive? And everyone's like, you're alive? And he's like, I'm alive. And then Nerissa's like, oh, he's got a second scar on his face and it makes an X just like that prophecy. And then Ripper's like, mm-hmm, you, you got it. Um, and then um, they start arguing about the stuff and they kind of threaten war again, Luxa and Rip Red, because they're having like, they're like doing the surrender. And uh, they're both like, hey, gregor tell him who's right and Gregor's like what the you we just had the war we just did the whole war thing what are you talking about you just saw all those people die did we not just learn it did we not learn about anything so then he takes his sword and he breaks it and he's like warrior dead and they're like oh, the prophecy and it's very fun uh it kind of like it's it's very making fun of the prophecies at the end which is is uh very fun um and then uh luxa and ripper look at each other and they're like you know what'd be really funny and then they bond they do a they do like the whole bonding ceremony which is really fun uh, and then they go to a uh, they go to a big round table to like decide all of the stuff for after the war. And then when everyone's mad at everybody, they're like, okay, there's four representative of each of us here. Or Lizzie has this idea, but it's four representative of everyone here. Everyone gets a vote. You get to vote for who you want on the other people's like to be their one representative. So then er the only people that are left are all of all like the reasonable like medical people like it's just like it's like it's like marith is there who's like a based guy and then like nike is it's like it's just all of the based people are left and it's very funny um and then they return home like uh gregor's mom 
boots him lizzie his dad's there uh came down to like visit because he's but they were taking so long and he like visited and stuff and like they all go home and then lizzie's like i don't want to go to virginia um i think like we're tied to the underland in some way i don't think we can just run away from it and his mom's like has kind of like a point like a, a view shift because she was down there for so long and she saw all of it and she's like we're gonna talk about it and then the book kind of you know and as when they go to leave like they're leaving and luxa gets a view of the night sky and she looks at gregor and they share a kiss or whatever and then they crawl out and then she's like bye and then he says bye and like they, they leave forever essentially like what they think will be the last time they see each other and they return home and then like there's just a moment of kind of calm in the overland which is now mundane and like i skipped over a lot of stuff but like it's it's like now now what i like was that the right choice to go home and like that part of isekai like the choice the choice to go home after such a fantastic adventure and having that second path opened for you the choice to go home is is a challenging one and it's a very interesting um anyway it'd make a really good five season anime and by that i mean um four seasons but the fourth season is 24 episodes or 26 episodes maybe a two core season um because books four and five are uh, essentially one giant adventure um and it'd be really it'd be so good but the the main changes like the, I, I only have like a few nitpicks with this series overall like it's made for kids and like that's fine um but the only real issues I have is, and like the changes I would make to make it into like a movie or, or not movie, like a series would be to age up Gregor and Luxa to like not 11. Like just make them like 14. Like not just like you could make them, you can make them 16. And then when they age one year over the course of these books, then they're still not 18 yet. And then 18 is just the age that Luxa becomes queen or whatever. Like just age them up a little bit. Them being 11 is so weird. Because, like, the way that they talk, in it just doesn't make any sense. Like, just make them slightly older. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm not that invested in, like, like I'm, I'm invested in this love story and I'd like it to be less weird, you know? Why are they 11? That's weird. That's weird, right? Um, the romance part of it is, I think, the most, well, part of the most, some of the most interesting parts, but also some of, like, like the worst. Because, like, I think that they share too many kisses. Like, straight up. Like, there's the one kiss in the museum i think that one's goaded because it's the first kiss and then they share they're implied to share another on a picnic before the giant uh the big agreement of the surrender of the rats and then there's the goodbye kiss and i think honestly only having the one kiss would be a stronger story the one kiss in the museum i think that's a better like to, to only show one kiss is better you know and then also on that picnic where they're implied to like make out or whatever i don't know um they say i love you and i think it's better if they don't to be honest i think leaving it because they have a conversation where they're like where gregor struggles to say i love you and then luxa stops him and it's like i know i do too and like just leaving it at that is so much better it's just so much better because it, it the, i love you felt really forced in where it was and it was ah, it was so bad and then also just if i was making the series like expand on the slower moments like just there's a lot of slower moments that don't get enough time in the book, but it makes sense because it's a book. But if you had a visual media to go along with it, I think it'd go a long way to expand on those slow moments. Like I think episode one, like of the show, should rather than the speed at which the book goes, would have like at the halfway point, 
commercial break would be where they fall. But I think expanding it to be them falling at the end of episode one would be better. Like giving more time to the mundane of his normal world, I think would be better for the story. Because then having those other, you know, 12 episodes or whatever it is to the everything else would be better. I just think it would be better. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to make things. I think that's, I think that's literally it though. Um, I think I had this idea. It'd be really funny if the animation for it was like, for, I mean, like whatever, I don't care what style it is, but for the, any part in the dark is if you just did like black and white, like black background, white outlines of what Gregor could see. And then as he learns like a location, like it gets better. It'd be really dope. I think it'd be really cool. Um, and also it'd be the best isekai in years because it actually has themes that go along with isekai and it like because it like actually makes the choice of going home and like makes that a core central question of the characters um but yeah that's my um recap and right i don't know it's not really a retrospective i mostly just recapped to be honest but uh it's very based i'm a huge fan of gregor the overlander i think it was good um you should read it if this didn't spoil it enough for you um, there's a lot that I just did not cover. There's entire characters that I forgot about entirely. Like there's there's just so much that goes on in these things. Like I barely talked about Boots. Boots is like the best character on God. Just like Gigo MF, like on God for real. Um, but like I don't know. It's just a, it's a very good. It's a, it's it's it's. I'm just surprised at how few complaints I have with it. Is mostly what it is. Like a lot of the times, I have a lot of complaints with like media and stuff. And this one, I just don't have a lot of. Like a lot of it, it's just very well paced. I like the weakest link. I can't even decide if it's the first book or the third book, and that's a really good issue to have because like your first book, in theory, should be your weakest. Like if I talk about like the Kung Fu Panda trilogy, or not, maybe not the Kung Fu Panda trilogy because that's obviously the third movie's the weakest. But like of the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy, like the weakest part of a trilogy is usually either the first or the third. Because the first one, you have to set up a lot of exposition, and the third one, you have to close it. The second one's always kind of the best, um, because it, it doesn't need ex exposition. It doesn't need to, like, wrap off the whole story. Like, second one's kind of the go-to one. So if the first one is your worst one in a book of five, right, like, or in, in, like, a series of five, like, that makes sense. Where it's like, that's the weakest one because you have to set it up, and then the rest of them are bangers. Awesome. But to have the third one be kind of the weakest is kind of interesting, because that means there's a lot to explore because like that means your ending's really strong and that means your beginning is also pretty strong because like usually like and like i think it, i think it's mostly due to the part where the prophecy ends up being of like the journey that they go on ultimately didn't matter so much like they found lux so like a lot of good things came from it they found amnet he died but they found hazard who ends up being a really good strong supporting character like i think it, I, like, even though it is the weakest i i wouldn't change it because like it, it really it really bolsters the story in a lot of ways but um anyway that's my recap and retrospective oh also i forgot to mention in the fifth book uh it's so because uh rip red is like hey you're not gonna die on this thing the prophecies are bullshit it's heavily implied that he gave himself the scar to make this the, the scars on his face make an x so that it would fit the prophecy it's really funny um yeah rip red's a, a hoot but no it's just it's just a very fun series and I, I think if you are like me and read a lot of trash reading this which is, it's a simple read it's made for like middle schoolers like obviously like it's a very easy read it's five books it's very good 
um and it's just it's just like a banger it's like all eights and nines out of tens i don't know oh, there might be a 10 out of 10 in there somewhere i don't know which one but there's probably one uh, and it's like it's just very it's very straightforward it's very good i don't know i like it a lot um dinner tonight i don't know i'm switching topics really quick uh dinner tonight though i think is gonna be something with the ground pork in my fridge because i think it if i don't use it today it's bad it goes bad um which is not good so I'm going to try to use that tonight, I think. I don't know what I'm going to make with it, though. I got no idea. I might just make hot dogs and throw out the ground beef for all. I, I don't know. I kind of want hot dogs. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to make. I'm going to use the ground, beef, the ground pork, though. Oh, last night, though, we made, um, me and my boyfriend, we made, um, what's it called? Buh, 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 buh. Uh, what are those things called? Boneless wings, where we kind of like we we cut up chicken and then we breaded it and we fried it like in oil and we tossed it in sauce. Like we did the whole thing and it was actually really good. It was really good. But tonight, go back to basics. Use the ground pork. Make something boring. Maybe I'll just make chili. Honestly, I had meatloaf the other night, so I can't default to meatloaf. But I think maybe maybe I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, have a good one. I've been yapping for an hour 20 and I barely covered it. I mean, there's five books. I guess it makes sense that I barely covered it. Um, but yeah, I like them a lot. Um, hope you cared. <laughs> uh, this is uh, episode two though. Big, big, uh, big for me. I never make it past episode one. Um, but yeah, episode uh, two, that's a wrap. Uh, have a good one.